Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You're more about the model than the course. This episode sets to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Get you in here and check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections of picks, for every game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. But even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. Remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It's not trying to forecast it to a T. Is that be a foolish and impossible goal? Let's take a long-term viewer in here. Don't get distracted. Random baseball things happen because that stuff will balance out in the long run. But it's hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable every single day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Going to basically just get right to it here. Not a lot has happened. We had the Monday day game. Red Sox couldn't quite get it done for us. I did mention the run line. Uh, so if you had the run line, you, you paid off on that one. Otherwise, the money line fell just short. Uh, and what was kind of an ugly game Monday, but not really much to talk about. Uh, here, hopefully we can pick up where we left off from last weekend, which was... Pretty good on the back half of the week if we can keep that rolling. But again, just like I'm always talking about, there's always going to be ups and downs. We take a long-term view, like the big picture. One of these games, we're going to get more right than I could have ever imagined. What I'm going to go way wrong more than I could have ever imagined. We're looking at this probabilistically, thinking about if they were to play these games 100 times, what's the smart play? We don't know which one of those 100 we're going to get. Sometimes we get one way on the right tail. Sometimes we get one right in the left tail. Sometimes we get one right around the middle. And that's kind of what we're talking about, kind of is the average, more middle game that we're talking about um, in the long run this is shown to be a proven successful strategy being price sensitive and using probabilities to our advantage that's what we're doing here uh, but before we get to it some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you won't miss any college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides reminder agar minivan plays return four units that is the risk plus win Amount equals four, so that way we risk proportionally more on favorites than dogs. That way, if it's even money, we risk two to win two. If we're a favorite, we might risk two and a half to win 1.5. If it's a dog, we might risk 1.5 to win 2.5. That's for the A grade plays. We add up to three for the B, two for the C. You've heard it before. But with the scaling, that's just the way I like to do it in order to make sure we don't take off the table big dogs and big favorites because I think they're valuable. We just have to know how to play them and how to scale them. It's a long-term strategy that works. But like always, take what you like and leave the rest. Do have some day games because of some rain outs or some cold outs, really. It's not about the, the rain. It's just cold and windy and miserable conditions. So why make people be outside in it? Because there's a lot of season and a lot of time left. They just play double header the next day when the weather's nicer. So really no... Need to make everyone miserable for no reason, so I get it. Uh, for all the picks on the double hitters, again, Dub Club is the place you want to be. Otherwise, the night games we will go seven to five p.m. Eastern. Angels of the Yankees. Let's grab the Yankees at minus one forty. It's a B grade pick according to sideline. And a reminder, because I hear people talk about this from time to time. So many of you already know this, but we get a lot of people here, and so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. The grading is all about the edge. It's nothing to do with the confidence of the team winning. If you want the confidence of the team winning, I give you the probability they win. That's the confidence they'll win, because I have a probability for it. I have a number. The grade has to do with the delta, the difference between the implied probability 
and what I think it should be, how much value we have on it, how good of a price we're getting, because that's where we're going to make our money. We're not going to make our money by just picking winners because picking winners is all about picking winners at the right price. If you're confused about that, I outlined that on the website. I think it's slash money lines or money line. I can't remember, but you can find it on the tab up there to kind of really go into the math about it. If you're, uh, if that throws you off a little bit, you know, picking winners is great, but you got to pick winners at the right prices. Cause if you're picking 80% winners, but you're backing a bunch of minus 900 plays, you're going to lose money. If you're, Winning 40% of the bunch of plus 200, you're going to win a lot of money, right? So it's not about picking more winners and losers. It's about picking about the price. That's what the grade is. This is a B grade. It's a little bit of an edge. It's not the biggest edge, but I do like the Yankees. The B grade plays are starting to become they're about break even. And as I mentioned before, there was just some bad variants early on. I think they will be positive by the end of the year. And this is definitely one that I would have in my portfolio. I just don't like the Angels that much. They did pull out one of the four games in Boston with their ace going. Of course, they only went three innings because of the rain. But I mean, that's the main chance the Angels have to win. They still have a lot of problems. And I don't think they're going to be quite a match for this Yankees team. Offensively, the Yankees' biggest issue is that they are right-handed heavy, which means most pitchers being right-handed um, it can kind of make them look a little bit more human. Uh, but the Angels will be throwing a lefty, so that right-handed heaviness makes the Angels' offense better. The Angels' offense also right-handed heavy, so a righty that they'll be throwing in Clark Schmidt can make them look a little more human too. So it takes the Angels' big edge that they have with Trout and Otani offensively kind of off the board in that this Yankees offense can go toe-to-toe with them. These starting pitchers, it's a wash. Neither one of them are very good, but the Yankees have a massive edge in the bullpen. And Jose Suarez for the Angels is not a guy that I project to go deep, and that matters. You know, Alcantara looked you know terrible on, on I believe it was on Sunday, but he's a great example of a guy who can kind of minimize a bad bullpen because he can go so deep. And that's what the Angels need. Uh, that's what they need from Otani. That's what they need from all their starters. But I don't think they're going to get that from Jose Suarez. I think he's going to be up against it against the Yankees lineup. So I think minus 140 is a really good investment on a team that's usually overpriced. We don't get to back the Yankees that often. But I just don't see him getting a lot of innings. And then when he gets to the bullpen, Yankees have a massive advantage. The Yankees at home and a big advantage to the bullpen. Everything else is a wash, but that computes to a price of Yankees minus 144, according to the model. They win 59% of the time, and if you win 59% of the time, minus 140, it's a pretty good investment. So the B grade, again, nothing to do with how confident I am in the Yankees winning. That's 59%. That's a straight-up number. It's just, I think, 59% at minus 140. It's a good investment. Not great, but good. And again, I, I personally like this one in that I just don't like the Angels coming off that weird travel spot. Yankees at home waiting for the Angels just puts them in a better spot here to open up this series. I think minus 140, again, a pretty good price on the Yankees. Total in this game is nine. Model says 8.7. Chilly night in New York, upper 40s to start, lower 40s to finish, but a wind blowing out to left center at around 10 to 15 miles an hour, slightly less than that by the time the game winds down. But we are going to have some hitter-friendly winds. We just aren't going to have hitter-friendly temperatures, some bad starting pitching and good offense. Nine's a pretty good total for this one. So not a total I'm messing with, but Yankees minus 140, pretty good play. Even minus 145 is not bad. I don't really want to go any higher than minus 150 on that. At that point, it would just be a pass if that's all you're looking at.
7.45 p.m. Diamondbacks at the Cardinals. Grab the Diamondbacks here in the first game of the series. Obviously, I never know how it's going to play out because it's happening as they record this, but they are ahead one nothing right now in the middle frame, so hopefully we can get the dog winner in that one here on Monday. But going to jump to the Cardinals on game two at minus 170. It's an A-grade play. The model says it should be Cardinals minus 186. They win this 65% of the time, and I like Dre Jameson. I think he's a pretty good young pitcher, but... He's not as good as that 146 ERA. The underlying metrics say his ERA should be more in the four and a halfs. And I think he's good because I, I, I like him. I think he's good. I think he's a good young pitcher. Good young pitcher is very different than Jordan Montgomery, who is really good. I think Montgomery's got him whooped in this one on a head-to-head comparison. I think Jamison is good, again, conditioned on the fact that he's a rookie, but he does not hold a candle uh, to Montgomery. Montgomery, just a much better pitcher, 245 ERA in his three starts, and the underlying metrics back that up. He's the much, much better pitcher. Cardinals at home is the way to look here. They have the better offense. Relievers are a bit of a wash. As I mentioned in the first game, I liked the Diamondbacks getting plus odds. I thought there were enough places that either had the edge or it was a coin toss that I thought, hey, maybe it's worth a shot on the road team. I don't think that in game two. I think the massive edges all go Cardinals way here at home. I think this number should be closer to starting with a two. Again, model says 186. But closer to minus 200 would make a lot more sense. So a great investment here on the Cardinals, in my opinion, and 65% winner means minus 170 is a pretty strong investment. Total is eight. Model says 7.8. It's going to be upper 70s to start, mid 60s to close. Wind blowing kind of out, kind of across, but not strong enough to really matter too much. Pretty well-priced total there at eight, one I would not be touching. 8 10 p.m. Eastern Blue Juice at the Astros. Looks like we've got a winner with the Astros here on Monday night, unless they blow a seven run lead, which, you know, happens sometimes. Hopefully they don't blow that one for us. I'm going to go back to the well here with the Astros and a B grade pick here at minus 108 on Tuesday. Jose Arquiti against Chris Bassett. Look, I'm not a huge fan of either one of these pitchers. Arquiti's pitched well in his three games so far, but the underlying metrics don't really support it. And as an Astros fan, someone who watches him a lot, I'm not sure he's that good. I think he's just very league average. You've probably heard me say that before. And Bassett's in the same boat. He's looked terrible. The underlying metrics aren't good. The pitch timer maybe has messed him up more than anybody else in the big leagues, it appears, or at least he's in the top handful. He just looks worse and worse. So pitching-wise, I don't really love either one of these guys, but I'd rather have the guy at home if I don't trust either pitcher. And as much as I'm not high on Arquiti, I'm really concerned about where things are going for Chris Bassett. So I think Arquiti's the stronger pitcher to back. Bullpen-wise, that's an edge to the Astros. Offensively, the Blue Jays are probably slightly better, uh, but on the road, I think that can kind of wash out. I think the Astros should be favored in this one. Right now, it's like minus 108, minus 108, minus 105, minus 105, minus 110, minus 110, depending on the book that you're at and how much juice they add in. A friendly reminder, there's a reason why I've got those links, those offshores in the description. You should be signing up, bet online, bet US, click those links and sign up. They offer lower juice on baseball games, and that can be really important in the long run shopping rounds. So you should always have one of those two books in your portfolio, getting a little bit better of a price. Bottom line, I think the Ash should be favored here, minus 108. It's a pretty solid investment. Model says 108. Again, being really concerned about Chris Bassett, though, realistically, if I had to make this myself and I was setting this number, I would take the models minus 108, and I would say more like minus 115. So I think there's some decent value in the Astros here. Not A grade, not huge value. I'm not running to the window at this price. 
even money I would be, but minus 108, I definitely think it's worth your investment, a moderate size investment. I just think the Astros having the edge at pitching and at home makes this a strong play. Roof might be open for this one. We're having some nice mild weather here to start the season in Houston. Mid-70s to start, upper 60s to close, a little bit windy. Not really sure what that's going to mean other than maybe a little bit more runs. Model does say 9.6, so I'm seeing 9 over 9. Not a bad play. You have push protection there if it gets to 4-4. Four, four. So definitely a total I'd be at least having my eye in. If nothing else, might be looking at the Astros team total over again. Astros offense has been kind of up and down here. If anything, though, I think against Bassett, they might be able to be more up than down. 8.40 p.m. Eastern, Pirates at the Rockies. Let's go A-grade play on the Pirates. Vince Velasquez versus Jose Urena, and my goodness, turn away if you don't want to see some bad pitching in this one. I'm not a huge fan of either one of these pitchers. Uh, the difference is that Velasquez still looks like fringe major league quality, and he's a guy I've talked about on the show and talked about as, you know, as a former Astros pitcher, one I've liked. Definitely has some potential. I think maybe even as a reliever, I'm not really sure why he never landed there. Um, he's definitely got, you know, some good stuff, but he always seems to unravel. And, you know, but he's just always been that fringe major league pitcher. And that's where the model has him. He ranks him at, model ranks him at a 118, averages 100 standard deviation of 15. So that's well below average. And I mean, a guy who would not have any business starting on a playoff contender and is only starting because he's on the Pirates. Here's the thing, though. As that's not a good story, Jose Urena is that much worse. The model gives him a 133. You're talking about one standard deviation below average versus two standard deviations below average. Urena is, if you flipped this and talked about pitchers as good as Urena is bad, the list of pitchers that is better than Urena is bad is Jacob deGrom. He would be the only one. So you're talking about a really bad pitcher in Coors Field. I mean, I don't expect great things from Velasquez in Coors Field. It's a tough place to pitch, but anytime I can still fade Urena, I want to. I don't think he has any business being in a big league rotation. And so Pirates minus 104 is a great investment, according to Sideline, who says that this should be Pirates minus 123, that they win this 55% of the time, and you're basically getting coin flip odds. The model says it's much stronger than a coin flip on the Pirates. Total in this game is 12. Model says 12.4. So if anything, I'd be going over. I do not trust either one of these pitchers. The Pirates bullpen isn't great, but it's better than the Rockies bullpen. The Pirates offense not great, especially with O'Neill Cruz out. And the model knows that, but still better than the Rockies offense. They're on the road. But as, as you know, much as I think this Rockies team plays better at home, I don't think this is the spot for him here. Urena is going to have a hard time winning any of his games. The model gives the Rockies an extra boost at home, but it's just not going to be enough to justify backing them. Minus 104 is a great investment on the Pirates. On a night that should be uh, a little chilly, upper 60s to start, upper 50s to close. Wind will be blowing out really strong to start, kind of dying down as the night goes along. But, you know, it's not going to be cold enough to prevent runs, especially with those pitchers. So I would be looking over 12, and I like the Pirates here at minus 104, a grade according to a sideline. 9.40 p.m. Eastern Braves at the Padres. Let's grab the Braves at minus 140. It's a C grade. Why is it a C grade? Because the model says it should be Braves minus 127. So the model says it's actually a negative expected value play. This is one of the bigger games, though, one I think people have a lot of interest in. And the bottom line is Strider has looked a little bit human with some of his results here to start the season, only going a little over five innings per start. But this, to me, really is more about fading Blake Snell, who just kind of looks worse and worse and worse and keeps dropping the model ratings. 
if Ma, if if Blake Snell really is a 92 grade, which means he's about a half center deviation better than league average, then I would agree that minus 127 is a good price in the Braves. And this is just a game you should pass on. But the reason why I'm talking about it here is I'm not convinced Blake Snell is that good. I've the models backed him either two or three times so far. So I've watched him pitch. And it doesn't look good. He doesn't look right. Maybe he will later on in the season. I'm not really convinced that there's anything to this whole he's starting slow thing. Two years ago, he started slow, but everybody did uh, because of weird COVID stuff. Uh, last year, everybody started slow because of like the, the labor agreement stuff, right? Like there's just been weird stuff happening. Uh, he was part of a World Series run and the short season. There's just weird stuff happening, right? So I'm not really buying that he's a slow starter as much as I'm just saying, I don't like what I see right now. So maybe it is so far. I don't know. But all I can tell you is I don't like what I see right now. And I'm just not convinced he's actually anything better than an average pitcher. His ERA has ballooned. The underlying metrics, if you just take the three games, and I'm not saying you should do this, but if you just looked at the three games that he's pitched this season, the underlying metrics say he's one of the worst pitchers in baseball. You know, not bottom 10%, but at least bottom quarter. And so I'm just not liking what I'm seeing here. This Braves offense, really good, better than the Padres offense because Tati's still not in it. Braves relievers better. I love Spencer Strider, who doesn't. I just think the Braves at minus 140, I think it's a little bit short. Again, if I was making this line, I would not hang minus 127 like the model's doing because I'm a little more skeptical of Blake Snell than the model is. He's got the potential. He's pitched really well in the past. But so far, he's having a hard time, and he's not going deep at all. And if he's not going to be going deep, that turns it over to a below-average Padres bullpen on the aggregate. They've got a couple of guys in the back end, of course, led by Josh Hader, who are who I still think is pretty good. But the Braves bullpen, really, really good. One of the best in the big league. So if Strider doesn't give him a lot of length, they'll be fine. If Snell doesn't give him a lot of length, which he hasn't so far, he's averaged not he's averaged under five innings per start against a good offense. I just don't see this going well for him. So even though it's only a C grade according to the model, I think it's worth the investment here at minus one forty. One of the few C plays that I'm. I'm liking here again at this price. I don't want to pay minus 155 for the Braves, minus 150, but minus 140, especially if you can get a better price shopping around. I think that's a decent investment on the Braves. I think that's the way to go in this one. Everything lines up their way. And anytime I can fade Snell, at least until he shows me something, I think I'm happy to do that. Weatherwise, upper 50s in this one. Wind will be blowing mostly across. Total is 7.5. Model says 6.9. So the model would say under. If I was going to play this under, I'd go Padres team total under because I think Strider can get the job done and that Braves bullpen behind him can hold them down. So if I was doing anything, I'd be going Padres team total, hopefully under, um, you know, Three and a half, I guess, would be the number that you'd be eyeing in that one. In a light one here, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern Mets, Dodgers. Let's grab the Dodgers here at minus 165. It's a B-grade play model. Says it should be Dodgers minus 166, so the tiniest bit of value. But I just like backing Clayton Kershaw here against Tyler McGill. McGill has the better ERA so far this season, but Kershaw's got the better underlying metrics. Uh, You know, you have the issue that the Mets have with facing lefties which is they are so left-handed heavy partially why they needed the guy like carlos correa that whole weird whatever happened right would have been a great right-handed bat to add to that lineup but they project to be barely better than league average against a lefty uh kershaw still the better pitcher on this one mcgill's the guy who i liked backing last year he was really undervalued and the model says he's better than average so it's not that the model's not showing him any respect it's just the fact that he's still really far behind kershaw at this point uh kershaw started off that last game he pitched pretty rough early on and then kind of figured it out so it, you know, he's still doing okay. 
better pitcher here for the home team, better bullpen for the home team, and given the lefty-righty split, better offense for the home team, and they are, again, the home team. So everything lines up to go the Dodgers' way here. It looked a little bit shakier against the Cubs, but I still think this is a really good team. Every good team has bad stretches. Sometimes these bad stretches last four days. Sometimes they last four weeks. You never really know what's going to happen. But the bottom line is I think this Dodgers team is still really good. And so backing minus 165 at home with Kershaw against an average pitcher, I feel like in a couple of months we're going to look back at a game like this. And this is the type of game we're going to have to pay minus 200 for, and we'll be looking to do everything but back the Dodgers and just hope that they can you know lose the upset or something. Because I think this is just a, a game that's going to be priced so much higher as the season goes along. So I think we got to take advantage of that here at minus 165 and grab it. Be great play, again, according to sideline. I'm seeing eight to eight and a half in the total model says 8.1. So pretty well priced temperature wise, upper fifties to start lower fifties to close breeze blowing out, dying down as the night goes on, just like we usually see in Los Angeles. And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.